Hello and welcome to the Viaspace podcast brought to you by Viaspace. Today we're talking about technologies and developments in new space propulsion, challenges, viewpoints, and strategies. I'm your host, Michelle Don Mooney, and I am thrilled to bring on two great guests for this conversation today. Rob Fabian is the Chief Operating Officer for Viaspace, and Valentine Morotz is the Chief Operating Officer for Softenway. Thank you both for being with me today. Well, Michelle, it's a pleasure to be here. I'm looking forward to diving into this conversation. Before we do that, can I have each of you give a brief bio if you can before we get started? Sure, I'll, I'll get started. I, I've been in the space business for, it doesn't seem like that long, a little over three decades at this point. So I, I've, uh, I did 25 years uh, in the US Air Force as a space operations officer, uh, doing everything from tracking satellites and uh, planning uh, space ops to maintaining uh, rocket motors and ICBMs in the field. Uh, and then policy level work all the way up to the undersecretary of defense's staff. Uh, I retired from that and got into the, the space industry on the commercial side, uh, first with a major aerospace firm, and then uh, for the last almost 10 years uh, with Viaspace. I joined uh, our company, Softenway, in, well, almost 13, 14 years ago. And, you know, initially, Space wasn't a piece of interest. We were just really interested in developing hard technology. But over the last maybe eight or nine years, we got really interested in space um, and you know started working with different companies uh, developing hard technologies. Um, so I've been doing that, I guess, most of my adult life. And I absolutely love working with startups that are doing hard things. So this kind of led to a meeting Rob and Vaya maybe seven years ago. And it's been a really fun ride uh, working together. So now that we've heard a little bit about you personally with your companies and then a little bit of a bio, I'm interested to hear the connection between Valentine and Rob individually, how you kind of partner together. Can you talk about that, that kind of first meeting and how that relationship developed? Sure, Valentine, if you want to start out, because uh, we actually started with you reaching out to the company. Yeah, absolutely. I think it was... Uh... Gosh, maybe seven years ago, something like that. Um, I was um, going to Florida to see some of my customers and, you know, just gotten really excited about space. And I literally went to LinkedIn and typed in space <laughs> and I was looking for companies to meet. And uh, I shot a LinkedIn message said, hey, I'm coming to town. You know, I have no idea what you guys do. I have no idea if I can help with anything, but could I just stop by and take a look? Um, and, and Rob and his colleagues, you know, allowed me to visit. And back then it felt like a giant industrial garage, you know, we sat around the table and then went in the back and Rob started showing me the, you know, the, the technology. And honestly, I had no idea what they did. I could not understand it. At that time it was too complicated. And I said, look, you know, I don't know if I can add any value to what you're doing today, but please keep me in mind and let's stay in touch. And that was kind of the beginning. It started out with uh, Valentine's I recall you, you were, um, here representing your, your company's ability to do turbo pump design. And we were pressure fed. We, we had no need for turbo pumps, but the, you talked about some of the other things that you guys could do. And it was really kind of interesting. So we wanted to stay in touch. Uh, and then uh, as we continued to refine our design, uh, we needed uh, multi-physics uh, CFD, uh, computational fluid dynamics analysis software. And Hey, Softenway was a source for that uh, for star CCM plus. So uh, we reached back out to uh, to Valentine and his folks and began a relationship purely leasing software from them. And it's grown into a much deeper partnership from there uh, as we've grown along. 
particularly uh, say particularly in the, in the last couple of years when we transitioned from pressure fit to turbo pump driven now their expertise is really shining on that and they, they've been a true partner to us as uh, we're doing some pretty innovative things uh, with the turbo pumps that are going into our engines and the companies lived happily ever after <laughs> or at least that's getting us to this podcast because we do have some exciting things from that connection so i love that you share that story and now that you know we've learned not only you know personally what your connections are with the companies but you know how you came together let's get into the good stuff let's talk about the company's roles with new space propulsion and how this partnership uh, basically is going to bring some exciting things to the forefront well Propulsion is, is the heart of pretty much all of new space. And when you, you go out there and you look at all the different companies that are out there, uh, everything from uh, big boys like Blue Origin or Relativity to the smaller ones like Via Space, uh, Phantom, um, Firefly, it all boils down to that propulsion technology. Uh, and everybody's trying to do new and innovative things. You talk about the methane fueled LOX engines, talk about uh, rotating pulse detonation engines, in our case, uh, Vortex hybrid engines. Uh, and there's an amazing amount of innovation going on uh, in the industry uh, to find a way to do your engines better, faster, cheaper. Uh, we think we've got the solution with our Vortex hybrids and uh, Valentine and Softenway have been a key partner for us in making that analysis happen and proving out the, the concepts that are in my engineers' brains and helping us bring them to reality. Well, thank you for saying that, Rob. You know, we definitely, I think your company and ours have the most SMS conversations of any other customer we have. <laughs> Our engineers work super closely together and uh, literally a dial away with, with, with your engineering team, which is great. Taking a little bit of a step back in general, you know, in the new space industry, both in North America and in Europe, and you know we're at quite active in both. There's a number of different technologies, right? From more traditional liquid type propulsion technologies to more innovative hybrid technologies, things like air spikes, things like different kind of cycles and fluids. And um, what allows a startup or mature company to move fast is you know, a really smart team, the ability to digitally prototype these technologies and to make it. And, um, you know, I think Vaya has done that exceptionally well. Um, and it's something that I guess we add uh, with our, not only our background, but our software platform, which allows people to go kind of from an idea to a digital twin of the component to say, hey, this is really going to work. Or, you know, we have to tweak our assumptions, our thrust requirements, our ideas about the fuel or whatever else there may be about, about uh, the propulsion system. But marrying this and kind of the idea that you can 3D print and rapidly prototype, it really helps people move fast. And I remember maybe a year ago, I had a chat with um, some propulsion guys in Rob's team and they set a very, very, very aggressive timeline. And I said, look, this is crazy. but." Um, I'm really proud to see of the work they've done. You know, some of the guys were in our office last week and I was taking a look at the three prints of what they're doing. Like, wow, it's moving really, really fast. It's unheard of speed in the industry, I think. I'd like to jump in on that too, because I, th I think Valentine hit a key point there on additive manufacture and speed of innovation. Uh, I think a lot of what we're seeing in the industry today, certainly what we're seeing in biospace, 
is an outgrowth in new technologies that have come out to support the underlying process. Uh, we've got multiple companies out there who are additively manufacturing parts, in, in some cases, entire rockets. We're uh, doing additive manufacture of uh, turbo pumps, of injectors, of our fuel brains themselves. It's, it's an integral part to how uh, our Vortex hybrid engine works. Uh, but that speed of design, that ability to, as Valentine said, to create a, a, a digital twin and then make it in reality rapidly, test it, prototype it, change it, do it again, uh, I think it is, it's a, a, a game changer for the entire industry, not just for Biospace. Uh, and I, I have to go a little further on, on his story there on the, the, the crazy timelines. It wasn't just a crazy timeline. It was a crazy idea on how the turbo pumps would work. Uh, I, I love to tell the story about my engineers went and talked with some of Valentine's senior engineers about their concept. Uh, and the imme immediate reaction was, well, turbo pumps aren't built that way. That'll never work. And then as they started looking at it and my guys started answering questions and they batted things back and forth between them. I said, wait a minute, this could work. This, this is a major breakthrough. And the next thing we know, the two design teams are working together to make this a reality. And now we're gearing up to uh, send it to the 3D printers probably within the next couple of weeks and begin testing on it. And that, that sort of rapid iteration and prototype has been a, a central part of our relationship with uh, Softenly. And really being at the helm of, of breaking the mold, because, I mean, that's how we get these, these new innovations. So I want to ask you about this, because this is pretty exciting. In terms of new space propulsion, let's talk about those latest technologies and developments. What's available right now? Well, we've hit additive manufacturing already, and I think that's really the key. Uh, additive manufacturing has moved out of the plastics that it started in and into metal, and is getting into larger and larger sizes of uh, metal prints making it uh, far more versatile uh, for uh, aerospace uses, changing in materials. So where it used to be, it was in you know, your basic metals, some steel alloys. Now you can get specific uh, aerospace-grade steel alloys, and you can get uh, fairly esoteric copper alloys, too. Our, our nozzles, for example, uh, are uh, GR copper, which is a, a special uh, strength-based, but also heat transfer-based copper alloy uh, that we're getting additively manufactured into a, uh, a locks-cooled nozzle. That would have taken months, if not years, of hand machining to create uh, under old systems. And it's taking a matter of weeks to print. So uh, I, I think really that's the biggest game changer we've got going on there. Everything else is refining old technologies. You know, whether you're doing methane in locks or hydrogen in locks or kerosene in locks, it's still a liquid bipropellant engine, and while there's tweaks and, and refinements, you're you're standing on the shoulders of giants. There, we're a little different with ours in that we're a hybrid engine, so our giants that we're standing on the shoulders of are shorter, if that makes any sense. Um, but we're also in the nice position that we've got some room to grow. We've got some places to do some innovative things, try some things. Uh, our vortex injectors, for example. Uh, or something you don't see anywhere else. It, it wasn't really needed for a liquid bipropellant, but it solves a lot of the problems that hybrids have. And so I think uh, as we see non-traditional engine approaches, uh, rotating pulse detonation engines, things that haven't got as much history behind them, we're going to see some pretty interesting innovations coming along, uh, both in hybrids and non-hybrids. 
So we talked about some really exciting things happening with developments and new technologies, but we also talked about how fast some of these things are coming to market. So what are the challenges that come with such a fast-paced field? And then how are you addressing them? From my perspective, um, you know, not talking for a second about the different cycles or types of engines, because I think we touched upon that a little bit earlier, but I see other challenges. Um, the challenges, in my opinion, are two, maybe three types of challenges. Um, two are technological and the third one is not. First of all, you know, seeing success of, you know, companies like Blue Origin and SpaceX, it feels like a lot of young engineers just assume that it's really easy and you can just 3D print everything and it will work. But it, you know, that's not really the reality. Even if you can 3D print something, it doesn't mean it's going to work. Um, and, you know, at the same time, just because you can design something digitally and it looks like a turbo pump and it spins like a turbo pump, it doesn't mean it's going to work or be manufactured to work correctly. We that's can why see we're going into testing. <laughs> definitely. But we can see a lot of... I guess, public successes, but also public failures in new space because of that, because people underestimate how important the details are and how difficult it truly is, right? Um, and it is it's still very difficult. And um, something that we're doing to help with that and to address that is you know, education. So for all of our customers and, and kind of for the general community, there's a lot of different workshops that can be done to make sure that people go a little bit deeper than just assuming you can copy and paste and change a little bit and voila, here's my turbo pump and really get into the physics and really get into the details because we truly believe that's what makes the difference between a working system and non-working system. The second thing to think about is, and it sounds simplistic, but it's not, and it's the types of technologies that are being developed, right? There were certain methods that made sense, right? Certain digital models that were correct for certain kinds of fluid and geometries. But what happens when geometries change? What happens when metals change? Well, guess what? Those multi-physics models are no longer correct. So the same way that a hardware company can rapidly prototype and change their manufacturing method and change the geometry of the technology, we're doing the same thing digitally on the software front. So instead of doing once a year software releases, we're releasing things almost every quarter based on customer feedback from wise engineers and from engineers at other companies when they're telling us, you know what, I had this idea for this kind of nozzle, for this kind of inducer, for this kind of geometry. How do we change the software to be able to properly model the physics to understand what's happening before we go to test? And so we've increased our release schedule of the software to be able to essentially rapidly prototype this digitally. The third aspect, it's not really a, technical challenge, but it kind of is, you know, five years ago, pre-COVID, it felt like there were a lot more space startups uh, and it seemed like funding was really easy. Um, right now, it feels like funding is drying up and, you know, there's some winners and some people kind of making their way, but it's harder for newer companies. This means that the budgets are tighter. So if you have a bad test or if you don't launch or if you don't have enough engineers to properly do something, well, you're not going to make it. This also makes it harder for companies with real technologies that are maybe new but seem riskier to make it. So this is all kind of headwinds that are important to keep track of, I think, in the new space industry to make sure that it progresses because we need a lot more launch capacity. We need cleaner launch capacity and both for 
you know, to become an interplanetary species, but also just for lack of a better, better sense, but just for, for the defense of our country, you know, uh, we need to move faster. Yeah, I, I want to second what Valentine is saying there about uh, fundraising's role uh, in this innovation. Uh, we, we were in something of a golden age of the space startup a few years back where uh, a, uh, some connections and a, a good uh, convincing PowerPoint presentation could bring you hundreds of millions of dollars in investment. Uh, we're not in that world anymore. And so companies are out there digging to get uh, get the funds necessary to move things forward. Uh, that means that you have to be, as a, a startup company, you have to be very f carefully focused on your expenditures along with your innovations to make sure that you match the two of them up. Uh, and you need to be focused on your fundraising, which is a whole nother specialty over and above the engineering. Now, we're, we're in the midst of uh, fundraising right now with VIA, uh, and it, it's not an easy market. That said, I think we have a compelling technology, so we're making the case to the investors. So let's get back to this partnership that we highlighted earlier. What viewpoints and then strategies from Viaspace and Soften Way are you both bringing to the table when it comes to new space propulsion? And then how do you see them setting things up for future success? From a Vias perspective, uh, propulsion is the heart of what we do. And so we're continuing to innovate on this. We're, we're refining our launch vehicle design right now. Uh, so the, the Dauntless engine is largely uh, set in stone and going into testing, but block two is coming and we see needs for larger vehicles, potentially human rated vehicles in space propulsion. So there's a lot of different areas we're looking at. Uh, the real strategy I think here is to innovate quickly. As Valentine mentioned before, do the digital twin, do the initial analysis, uh, computationally, and then rapidly manufacture and test those prototypes and test them hard. Uh, as Valentine uh, mentioned earlier, space is hard. And so there's a lot of testing that's involved. We watch our, our uh, uh, competitors, our peers uh, in their launch tests, and we cheer them on because we want to see the, the industry succeed. But you know, it, every time that something happens, it's a reminder that we have to get it 100% right. And so I think what we're trying to do is develop rapidly and prove it rapidly. So if we're going to fail, fail quick and move and innovate. Uh, and that sort of fail forward approach is what is going to take this industry to its next level, to uh, the uh, multi-planet species, to the industry in orbit future that we can all see is coming. I think from soft and wayside, other than, you know, Reminding Rob and the team that I want to be at that launch. I'm waiting for waiting for my calendar invite. Um, we're going to continue to, you know, I think work together. Um, honestly, maybe 30% of what Rob's propulsion team does, I haven't seen before. And every time they call me with an idea, it's exciting. You know, we want to make sure we can model it. We want to think about, is this going to work? And continue to push each other to develop better propulsion technology. Um, I think... The most important thing is, you know, laser focus. And I know Rob's team has that. I know my team has that. So if you keep pushing each other, I think there's going to be good results. And I'm really excited to see them uh, in the real world. A lot of territory covered. Um, any final thoughts? Because we've gone over so much, but some last thoughts that you'd like to push out to our viewers and listeners? Uh, one thing, actually, what Valentine just said triggered in, in my mind. Uh, and, and I think it's a problem that every innovative company has. 
uh, not just in the space industry, but it's a challenge that has to be met head on uh, to, to succeed. And that's the dichotomy between innovation uh, and production. And so Valentine uh, talked about uh, my engineers coming to his people with great ideas and they come to me with great ideas all the time. The hard part is knowing when to say yes and when to say next rev, next rev, next block. Uh, we need to standardize this and move forward, get it into testing, get it into flight. Uh, and so there's a lot of real new capa capabilities, real interesting capabilities uh, that advances in technology are, are making possible these days. And I think in some ways, the hardest part is knowing when to say this is good enough. Let's let's take it to the field and launch it and then we'll improve it later. Definitely. I think you guys have been really good at knowing when to go and when to say, you know, stop, let's pause, let's freeze. And, you know, as much as we all love innovation engineering, it needs to be practical, not just R&D for the sake of R&D, because that's the way you burn through money. Um, and I guess, you know, maybe a bit selfishly for me, but as we're talking about money and the difficulty in fundraising, you know, are you guys fundraising? I know I've wanted to be an investor since I met you seven years ago. So is there space? There is. Uh, we're wrapping up uh, what's round three of our Series A uh, as we expanded it a couple of times due to investor demand, but only for a short period of time because we're in the midst of working with an investment bank to start a Series B round uh, coming up. But uh, yes, this is very much fundraising time for Biospace right now as we move out of engine design into testing and then uh, within a year into flight testing. That's great to hear. Thanks, Rob. Welcome. No, thank you. And uh, let's talk offline about that investment opportunity. Definitely. <laughs> Exciting things happening. Let me ask you this. People listening and hearing all of this and having questions and want to learn more, where can they go to do that? Uh, our, our website, www.viaspace.com, uh, has uh, a good bit of our publicly available information and it has contact uh, uh, email. So you can reach out to us there. Uh, you can uh, see us through our podcasts, our YouTube channel, uh, and then uh, for those of you in the Florida area, look first in the local community. You'll find us at most uh, beach cleanups and other uh, uh, environmental activities around here. As uh, we're not just getting to space, uh, we're looking to take plastics out of the waste stream to do it. Well, we're not in Florida. Uh, if you're in the Boston area, feel free to visit our office and you can see us online on softinway.com. Perfect. Rob Fabian, Chief Operating Officer for Biospace, and Valentine Morotz, who is the Chief Operating Officer for Softenway. I want to thank both of you for your time. Really exciting, not only to hear how the two of you came together and, and brought the two companies together, but amazing to hear what may be happening and already is to propel us into the future, pun intended. <laughs> so thank you for your time today. Thank you, Michelle. Have thank a great you. week. Yep. It's been a pleasure. The pleasure has been mine. And I want to thank all of you for listening and tuning into the Via Space podcast. We were talking about technologies and developments in new space propulsion today. But be sure to subscribe to this podcast for more great conversations. And once again, you can go to the website softedway.com and viaspace.com to learn more information there. Thanks again for joining us. I'm your host, Michelle Dawn Mooney, and we hope to see you soon.